Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, June 15th, 2020. What's going on? How are you? How's it going? Ah, this stupid fucking thing beeping. I don't know how to shut it off. You know, when I when I smashed my fucking cell phone between my car door and um, I had uh, sweatpants with shallow pockets, shallow like me, right? Uh, I fell out and I closed the door on it. So the cell phone, I keep hitting mute. I keep hitting fucking mute. Um, sorry. This fucking thing. So I had to set it up on my fucking goddamn computer and I can't get it to stop now. I'm literally like force. Let's see. Force quit. Force quit. Messenger. Messages. Force quit. Forcing quitting. All right. There. So I did that. Now I'm going to turn the volume back on. You watch this thing. It's still going to fucking beep. Um, anyway, continuing, continuing. Here's a pop fly to third base. There you go. Billy Cox, about fucking time. I'm literally watching the 1952 World Series, Brooklyn Dodgers versus the New York Yankees, knowing, knowing full well that the New York Yankees win. Even if I didn't, it says World Series game seven, Yankees win fourth straight title, October 7th, 1952 in the bottom of the, of the screen. Why would you do that MLB network? You know, I had the option of not looking it up. I mean, I knew that they were going to win it because I knew Brooklyn didn't win till 1955. I mean, I'm enough of a, 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 a sports geek to know that the Brooklyn Dodgers were known as the bums because they would always fucking lose the World Series. In fact, they lost four World Series in seven years, all to the New York Yankees, I believe. Um, well, I looked that up, didn't I? I had that somewhere here. <laughs> yes. They lost it. Yeah, it's a nice play at first to get Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, 20 years old at this point, just taking over for Joe D. And they called him Mel Allen's doing the game. And he's he guy comes up to the plate, batting left-handed, hits a home run. Two innings later, comes up, hits a base hit to drive in a run. And they, he called him Magnificent Mickey, the 20-year-old. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what this kid was going to be. So anyway, they lost to the Yankees in 19... 19- 47 in seven games. They lost in five games in 49. They lost in seven games in 52. And they lost in six games in 53. And at that point, people were like, well, they're never going to fucking beat them. And then in 1955, Giants won at 54, beat the Cleveland Indians. And in 54, they beat them. They beat the Yankees in, in, uh, Seven games. Unbelievable. So Brooklyn got their championship, and then unfortunately the Dodgers left, I think, in 57 or 58. 59, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series, um, and in 63, and in 65. And all those titles would have been in Brooklyn. That would have been so cool if they still had the three teams there. Well, you had the Brooklyn Dodgers, the New York Giants playing in the Polo Grounds. Look at it, still fucking beats. What do I have to do? I hit force fucking quit. Dude, I, 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 I don't know what, the, I don't, I'm beside myself. I just hit force fucking quit. I can't force quit out of, out of messenger. Now it doesn't even show up. I'm taking this, I'm taking this fucking app and I'm dragging it over to the fucking trash. Once I get all my numbers back, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. I got most of my numbers back, but we, what I'm doing is I'm putting in them into my computer. As I get them. That, 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 that's what I'm doing. Um, so anyway, I'm watching this Game 7, 1952 World Series, okay? The Red Sox have broken the curse. You know, we won, what did we run? We won one, two, three, four. We won four, right? Buried the curse. We're back, right? We're doing what we do every century. We win five in the early part. <laughs> We're in four or five early, and then, and then we, we take it easy. We take it easy. You know, you know it would be funny? Because a lot of people, this wouldn't be funny as a Red Sox fan, but I won't be, I won't be around to see it for the rest of the century. Um, although I plan on making the 70s again. I'll be 101 years old in 2070. Um, anyway, uh one of the major reasons they tried to say that the Red Sox didn't win it, they had all these fucking things. They were cursed, all that stupid fucking shit. 
And then there was the real reasons, okay? The ballpark, the way the ballpark was built and how we would always try to, oh, my God, if we get a power hitter, fucking right-handed hitter, he's going to hit 90 home runs. Never happened. They just fucking pitched him low and inside, and he ground into a double play every fucking time to end the inning. And, but the major reason why was, aside from the fact we just weren't a good organization, um, and the Yankees were a phenomenal organization, was we also were the last team to integrate. So what I'm thinking, what would be wild, can you imagine if that repeated itself this century, where the Red Sox won four or five before 1920, we won five last century, this year, this century, we've won four. Now, what if... Um, robots get so lifelike and then they have rights, you know, and they're protesting and like, you know, we should be allowed to play in sports too. Right. And then everybody debating, but then the human element is gone. I mean, a robot doesn't give a fuck about, you know, that it's game seven. He's just, he's a fucking robot. And then people will be like, well, you know, we, the nerds would be like, well, what we actually did was we, we put a, an emotion program and we run him a little higher emotion during a game seven or whatever. But what if like, say it goes that way and the Red Sox end up being the last team to integrate <laughs> with robots. And then Dan Shaughnessy's great grandson ends up writing curse Curse of, uh, I don't know, whatever the fucking, Curse of the Dave or something like that, whatever whatever you call the fucking robot. I'm sorry. So anyway, it's like four to two. Casey Stengel's flapping his fucking arms, flipping out how bad these, this is what I love watching. How, how similar the game still is. And who knew they had split screen technology back then? They'd have a runner on first and Mel Allen was explaining, we're going to go to the dual screen here. And uh, the quality of the picture is so poor, it almost looks like the guy on first is standing next to the batter. Like, the, why, is, why is that guy in the on-deck circle that close? What if he fouls one off? And why? Isn't he holding a bat? So, all right, what do you, what do you want from me, people? What, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to watch the news and watch that fucking overt fucking dumb cunt? That's racist dumb cunt. What, 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 what is the fucking wrong with that guy? It's going to have a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I just, you know, with, with, any, with any luck, the guy just slips on a banana peel. You know, I don't want to wish death on anybody. He slips on a banana peel, and then it's just basically uh, whatever his second-in-command guy is versus the, the, the other guy there, the boring guy. You know, and we just kind of get past this guy. Because I can handle conservative, I can handle liberal thought, I can handle both of them to a fucking point, but you can't have a fucking, I mean, you will, you will, people still vote him in, like, he's making it great again, <laughs> he's proud of what happened in Tulsa, um, you know, I mean, how much do you love your fucking money that you're, that you're able to fucking sleep at night fucking, you know, you know, it, it's literally, it's like watching sports. It's like me sitting here right now rooting against the fucking Yankees. Who gives a shit? They already have the title. The flag has been flying over there for almost 68 fucking years, and I'm still rooting against them. Um, anyway, but we saw the fucking, the, the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, had the bases loaded with one out, and Duke Schneider, their Mickey Mantle, their, their Willie Mays up to the plate. And he ended up popping out to third, which reminded me of when Carl Yaskremski in that one-game playoff popped out to Nettles on third. But they still had bases loaded. You know, now they needed a hit. And then the next guy came up was Jackie Robinson. And he hit a pop fly. It's actually a famous play, I believe, because I remember seeing footage of it before. He hit a pop fly in the infield. And Billy Martin was on second base, the great Billy Martin, one of the great characters, players, managers, ever in the history of the game. He got underneath it and it just the wind caught it and started blowing it in. And it's a famous catch where he races in, his hat flies off, and he just they just got it done. They did what needed to be done to win the fucking game. And Pee Wee Reese going deep Fuck Why do I care? That's it. That's it. Oh shit. Let me listen to Mel Allen. I love sports history, though.
You want to hear the final call? You want to hear it? How about that? Ah, four to two. You can't believe the quality of this game. Oh, look at this. Now they're going right to the Pirates Orioles in the 1960s this, or early 70s. This might be Roberto Clemente's. Yeah, I think that was the night. That was the one that they won in the early 70s with a young Willie Stargell. And I want to say that that was the last game Clemente played. Or did Clemente get his 3,000th hit last game regular season and then unfortunately died in a plane crash? I don't remember. I don't remember. This is what I'm doing, people. I'm back. I'm back to not watching the news. I am, I am hardcore into just watching shit that already happened. And right today, I'm watching a bunch of World Series games while my, uh, my beautiful baby boy sleeps. And uh, while wow, the fucking ballparks have changed so much, I don't even know what this is. This is ba- World Series. Come on, man. Baltimore Orioles versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. They met twice in this decade. Once in 79 and once in the early 70s. I forget what. I want to say this was 71, 72, or 73. Um. And this looks like old War Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. Looking at the uh, the uniforms. Um, anyway, yeah, that's what the hell I've been doing. Um, I just got so into that game from 1952. I actually started yelling at Billy Cox, the third baseman, for uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. He made an error. It didn't cost him anything because they didn't score a run or anything. And then. He had another one get by him, but what's his face? Uh, Pee Wee Reese backed him up, once again saving a run. And then he made a great play. Um, oh, this is 71, 1971 this is going on. All right, I'm being a little distracted here. I didn't know Ralph Hauk. I forgot he played for the Yankees. He was a coach. He was a manager for them and then became a you know manager for the Red Sox and when I think, I think went back to the Yankees. I can't remember, but... Uh, was fun to watch and also just the way they shot the game where you were not behind the pitcher it was like they kind of shot it from where the broadcasters sat so you couldn't really see signs or anything like that um i think once they started going behind the the pitcher that's when like you know you got a tv in the fucking <laughs> in the locker room you got some little kid looking down there stealing signs i mean all of this bullshit all this shit that the astros are getting shit for i mean people have been doing that for fucking ever they just weren't dumb enough to be i don't know i still can't believe that the, I'm, I'm supposed to believe that they were banging on a fucking trash can that fucking loud how loud you'd have to bang on it for nine fucking innings five six seven game series and no one could figure that out well, I guess they did figure it out because they had an investigation about it. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I'll, this, I'll tell you what I do know. F is for Family Season 4 is streaming now on, um, on Netflix, and it's fucking crushing, and everybody's loving it. It's, oh, it's the best season. I'm getting all these great emails, so thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't had a chance, um, I guess you're supposed to still be inside. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I guess... Everybody's just sort of doing what the fuck they want to do. But if you're hanging inside, please uh, check it out and watch it. Uh, one of our, Every year we seem to add another incredible actor to the show. This year is no different. We have the amazing Jonathan Banks, uh, who I first got to meet when I was working on uh, Breaking Bad way back in the day. And the first time I ever saw Jonathan as an actor was he played one of the heavies in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, the beginning of that movie, which I don't want to ruin, but uh, we used to, me and my family used to always do like his lines. Uh, there's Roberto Clemente coming to the plate. We used to do each other's lines. Hey, Mikey, what'd you get lost? We used to do that all the fucking time. When somebody was late for dinner. That was like, you know, do you guys do that with your, your, in your family? You have your own, like, you got to have your own inside jokes. No, Bill, just your family. It was that fucking unique. All right. All right. Relax. Relax. We've all been quarantined for a while. We're all a little fucking edgy. So I'm doing this Sunday afternoon. Um, I am doing Jimmy Kimmel tomorrow. I got a bunch of other shit I have to take care of. So uh, I'm trying to knock this thing out here. 
doing another episode of Bill Burt later on today. And in between, I've been watching my beautiful son. You know, my daughter's over my in-law's house. Oh, fuck it. I'm just doing a lot of stuff. So she comes home. She asked me for to make her a, a, a Dutch baby, also known as a German pancake. Um... Uh, also known as a right there, Fred. Because if I eat one of those, I immediately, I, I have to take a fucking nap. So I'm going to make her one of those when she gets home. And she's amazing. My daughter is like, I don't know what happened in the last month, but like she actually grew an inch and and then like cognitively, like the level of conversation um, went to a whole other level and her, and she was became even more beautiful. Now I know I'm all prejudiced here because I'm a her dad, but I'm telling you, man, just like blew me away. You just sitting there one day, and all of a sudden you're just having a full on conversation with this little kid. It's amazing. So I can't wait for her to get home. After watching all this baseball, we're gonna go play a little t ball and all that shit. So, um, anyways, I'm doing Jimmy Kimmel tomorrow. Also, the King of Staten Island. Been getting great reviews. People that have been watching it have been awesome. Uh, it's 20 bucks to stream. And I know, oh my God, 20 bucks. Well, you know, you can have like fucking 10 people sitting in the room and, you know, you all pay two bucks. Uh, it's a great movie. Everybody's really enjoying it. I want to thank everybody that's watched it. Um, that and F is for Family. I want to thank the great Joe Rogan for having me on his podcast to help promote it. And uh, if you haven't seen that, I did an episode that uh, of the Joe Rogan experience that I think he posted Friday. So, and I believe that's the latest one, but you never know with him. Hardest working man in show business there. He might have done another one since then. But, um, and then also Robert Kelly. I did the, you know what, dude, podcast. Um, and that's it. I got nothing. So now I'm turning off the fucking TV. Finally figured out how to get everybody on the same goddamn page here. Um, so I saw a couple of fucking hilarious, just amazing videos. You know, what else am I going to do, people? I'm not going to lie to you. I got nothing. I'm just trying to bang out the first half hour of this thing before I get the fucking advertisements and then the questions and everything from Andrew. Um, there was this fucking guy. I, I, I don't want to get anybody in trouble here because it's a very colorful video. All right. There's a guy. All right. And he, he's walking by an establishment, you know, and he wants to make fun. He's basically doing the video to show that people are not quarantining, right? So he is, you know, because he's the smart guy, right? So he's trying to on the fucking, you know, as the kids say, on the sneak tip, I believe. Probably old people say that at this point. He's trying to film them without him knowing. So he can be like, oh, my God, they're so fucking stupid. I'm so smart. So he starts filming this fucking kid saw him. And just absolutely fucking trashed him. Fucking trashed him. All his friends trashed him. And then they used, you know, some colorful language and uh, slash (laughs) not politically correct language. Then the dude flips the whole thing around like he wasn't doing anything. It's like, yes, you were. Yes, you were. You were trying to be a smarmy cunt and you got caught and then you got fucking roasted and now you're trying to do this thing like you're you're somehow the victim. Now, I, I don't condone the language used in this video, but what I didn't like is that's that classic fucking horse shit. You fucking created the situation. It was a very fucking chick thing. If I can get misogynistic here. All right. As opposed to what, Bill? You know, it's like you created the fucking situation and then you didn't get, you know, you you initiated this fucking social situation and then you didn't like how it got, how it ended up, you know, how it turned out. And then all of a sudden you're the victim. You are not the victim. Now, if you want to debate the language in it, that's a completely separate thing. But the way the video is posted is my entire fucking problem with 24-hour news networks right down to cunts that post videos. Why, can't you, why couldn't he just post it saying like, hey, I was trying to be a sneaky cunt and then these guys caught me and then fucking trashed me. Um, it's an incredible video, but I'm trying to, you know, whatever. I'm speaking in generalities here. Um, anyway, uh, 
Sorry, I'm reading text messages to see if I got the, the videos here. And uh, then I just watched a bunch of shit about fucking animals and stuff. You know, Brogan's into that stuff and he got me into it. And it's just, it's, some, of the, some of the videos are just too much. So like the praying mantis ones are just like, my God. I think God gave reptiles the fucking brains that they have because of the awful deaths that they, that they have to fucking deal with. <laughs> and I notice with mammals that I, I believe have a bigger brain, right? You wouldn't know that listening to this podcast, but I believe they have a bigger brain. So they at least have the decency to kill what the fuck they're going to eat before they eat it, except for bears and uh, wild dogs. Wild dogs basically just, you know, if it's small enough, it's a rabbit, they'll rip it apart. If it's something bigger, they just start fucking, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 you know, I like bears. I like watching them scratch their backs and shit. I like them sitting, you know, in a pool of water like they're in a fucking jacuzzi. I like when, you know, as I mentioned on Rogan, I like when they ride the bicycle at the circus. I'm into that shit. I don't like them when watching them take down like a fucking elk. <laughs> It's just fucking ripping meat out of the thing's back as the thing's like, durr, durr. I don't know how you watch that shit, but I kind of went down one of those fucking um, little rabbit holes. And then, yeah, I discovered the praying mantis and I will never look at that fucking thing the same way again. It's like, it's like it went to a Gracie dojo and it has with like, it's, it's front fucking vice shit. It's like, I don't know. It has, you know, like those, some of those crazy martial arts weapons, you know, I don't know, combined with wrestling where you put like nails on it and shit. Bill, we know what a fucking praying mantis looks like. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know what to tell you here. I'm sitting in a loud leather chair. I'm icing my shoulder, hoping I didn't have a fucking setback. Um, I might just bite the bullet and just fucking... Just do what Rogan's been telling me to do. Just go get my fucking blood spun. Taken out, blood spun, and then they shoot a baby into your shoulder. Whatever the fuck it is that they do. Um, then come back, right? Brand new shoulders. Start fucking bench pressing again. That weird ass shit. Um, I think I'm going to do it. I don't know why I consider it like cheating. <laughs> How dumb am I? Modern medicine is cheating. Um, I don't know. So I'm also suffering a little bit here. People the fucking lack of sleep. I got to tell you, my 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 son is uh, is he's now like really like for like a half hour he was awake and he was just like looking around, you know. And I heard like the first I don't know how long of their life. It's like an acid trip because they're looking. They have no idea what anything is. You know, when you set them down to change their diaper, I read um, that the reason why they really start crying is because they have no sense of gravity because you're not holding on to them. They feel like they're falling, which made me feel really sad for my boy. So what I do now is I just, I kind of leave my forearm there for him to grab onto. And I, I, I want to say he's crying a little less. I don't know. It's like he at least feels like he has a tree branch. But then maybe he's just laying there like, I don't know how much longer I can hang on. <laughs> but if he has no sense of gravity, then he doesn't know the ramifications of it. How do they, how do they figure that out? Isn't that a guess? Because no one can remember back to then, except for a couple people that work at carnivals. They can't remember, you know, they say they meditate. And you go all the way back to the womb, the womb. Um, is that how you say it? That's like that sword. Is it sword, sword, womb, womb? Who knows? Um, all right. With that, I guess I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a break here and read some advertising, even though I don't have any yet. Or am I going to talk to you about World Series champions? Let's see what we got here. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Where did it go? Where did it go? You know, you try... To click on something. There it is. All right. Beautiful. Maybe I should start watching the news so I have more to talk about other than... No, you know what? This is, this is your oasis. I'm sticking with the business plan here. All right. So here's how the 1950s go. Let's start 1945, okay? 
This is the people want Tigers. Cardinals beat the fucking Red Sox in 46. Uh, Yankees. Indians. Yankees. 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 What the fuck? One, two, three, four, five in a row. Then Giants, then Dodgers, then Yankees, then Braves, then Yankees. Then Los Angeles Dodgers, then Pirates, then Yankees, Yankees. 1960, the shot heard around the world. Uh, and then that was it. That was, the, that was the end of the golden age. And the Yankees went to the World Series the next two years in a row and lost. And then they, they, their streak was finally broken where they, they went, you know, Babe Ruth, we sold him. But still, they were smart enough to buy him. But Lou Gehrig was there. So it went Ruth and Gehrig to Joe DiMaggio to Mickey Mantle. And you basically have 40 years of total fucking domination. Um, and then who was the guy? Uh, who, was, who was the big Yankee in the 60s? Bobby Mercer was their big guy. And he was the first like name Yankee, I believe, not to get a ring, which was almost unheard of. And then also, you know, with the expansion of baseball and that type of stuff. Um, it became harder. All of a sudden, you know, there's 24 teams, 25 teams. You know, your odds just keep getting bigger and bigger. Then they come back in 77 and 78 because the fucking cheap-ass Oakland Athletics didn't want to pay their team that won three in a row, 72, 73, and 74. I should have known that. Um, the Big Red Machine won in 75 and 76. 76 beating the Yankees four games to none. Swept their asses. That's what Pete Rose said to me when I uh, got his autograph. I was at the uh, I was at the mall there in, uh, at Caesars, and I bought two pictures. I think I told this story before. One was him sliding into third base head first in the 1975 World Series, where they beat the Boston Red Sox, right? And his helmet had blown off, you know, and he was diving in the air. And then the other one was in 1976, almost the identical picture. It's him sliding to third base, head face, head, head first, helmet off. So I said to him, uh, can you sign the first one, Bill? I'm sorry, because it was with the Red Sox. And he just and he looked at me and he goes, I'm not. I go, I go, you'll get the joke in a second. I go, I'm a Red Sox fan. I go, and then in the second one, can you write, Bill, you're welcome. And then he laughed and he got it. I was like, thank God. Because when he looked at me, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Charlie Hustle's going to kick the shit out of me here. Um, it was so cool. I was, uh, it was me and Lawhead. And we actually got to talk to him about hitting. Um, and it was funny, too, because he sort of tested us to see if we were just a couple of jerk-offs who wanted to talk to him. Because I, I, we go, hey, who's the toughest guy you ever faced? And he just looked at us and he goes, who do you think? And I was like, all right, uh, I'm trying to think the errors he played. So I was like, Bob Gibson. He's like, nope. And then, uh, oh, who did Law, Law had guessed what's his face from the, 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 uh, the Dodgers, which ended up being the right team. The big guy who had the heart attack, power pitcher, built like Clemens. Began with a D, Don, Don Drysdale. He's like, nope. And then we guessed a few more, and we go, who? He, go, he said, uh, Sandy Koufax. We were like, really? And yeah, and he imitated the ball He's just on either side, left and right hands, like it was just falling off the table. Said he was the toughest. And that's the greatest hitter as far as hits. He's got the, uh, he has the title. So um, I like doing that shit. I like going to those. Not even just get their autograph, because I don't give a fuck about that, because I'm going to end up losing it anyways, or it's going to be in the back of my closet. Just actually being able to ask them that question, who was the toughest guy you ever faced, you know? And then you're just some jerk-off fan. There's no camera there, so they don't have to worry about anybody trying to do any fucking gotcha bullshit with them. And they actually, uh, my experience has been they, they, they open up, and they actually love talking about it the way I love talking comedy. Um, all right, guess what? Um, I got the, uh, I got the reads here. I got the reads. So, Hey, I'm going to take a break here. We're going to do a little of the advertising and, uh, 
Let me make it safe so I can have fucking Andrew drop this bullshit in. All right, almost 30 minutes. And then I'm going to come back with the wonder of editing, and I'm going to read all your questions here for the week. All right, I am back. Oh, we got the call. We got everything. We got the library. I didn't have to fucking do that shit. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. It's Simply Safe. Simply Safe. Isn't that what we all want to be? What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A guy with a bloody axe standing at the end of your fucking bed? (laughs) It's a hell of a question. Uh, What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated that you never use it? Um, Well, yeah. I mean, you can't can't always blame the home security system because I'm fucking... my, My wife actually called me dumb yesterday and she was right i tried to put together this fucking baby swing and i'm like the fuck it's a piece of shit it's it's missing a part or whatever you know and she ended up figuring it out i thought she duct taped the thing so we got an argument yesterday and she goes and you're fucking dumb okay you don't have the patience to put something together i go the fuck it was missing a piece and she goes you had it on backwards you fucking idiot you know what? When you, you're that mad, your high, emotions are that high, and then the other person's so fucking right, just how dumb you feel. Well, Simply Safe knows that there's a lot of people like me in the world. So they designed a, uh, a security system that is not only secure, it's so easy that even a dope like me can use it. Uh, that is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Uh, an overly difficult one. They believe that Simply Simple is safer. And it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now. When feeling safe at home has never been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy, easy, easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online with the click of a button, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. Look at that shit. I don't it doesn't seem like you even needed a screwdriver. Order online with the click of a button. I don't know if I can get past that, but if I get past that, open the box, place the sensors. That's perfect. I wonder if you can do that for your kid, you know, who's sneaking out to do meth. You know, you can put it on the fucking window. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. Tell a personal story about setting up Simply Safe or about how Simply Safe is... If possible. Well, you know what? They already had a, a ridiculously difficult home security system in my place before I uh, got my house. So, you know, my wife knows how to use it. All right. Can we stop exposing how dumb I am? Simply Safe was named Best Overall Home Security of 2020 by U.S. News and World Report. And their 24-7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at 50 cents a day. Head to simplysafe.com slash burr and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash burr to make sure they know that our show sent you. All right, and with that, let's get to some of your questions for the week there. Shall we? Come on. Come on. Why won't you go backwards? There we go. There we go. Here is the content. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Hey, Bill. Okay, celebrity message video um hey billy wood you're a smart guy oh gee here comes the insult hey billy he already has his arm around me hey mikey what'd you get lost uh hey billy wood you're a smart guy no i'm not and you've come up with a lot of cool ideas if you were to produce a celebrity video where they talk or sing to the camera what would you, I cannot believe the amount of celebrities that still do those videos. No, every, no matter what the fucking message is, you're going to get shit all over, you know? And sometimes fans are right. And other times they just hate you because they see how big your kitchen is. You can't win. <laughs> oh, regular people really fucking annoyed me really annoy me with their hypocrisy when they make fun of fucking celebrities and rather than seeing themselves, you know, and all the fucking bullshit in their life, they think that their lives aren't as bad as celebrities' lives because they have a a humble-sized kitchen. You're all the same fucking people. You just don't know how to act. You know, maybe if you regular people learned how to pretend a little better, 
You could get a big, bigger kitchen. I mean, how great is this fucking country? If you can pretend to be somebody you're not, you can get a giant kitchen. Um, if you were to produce a celebrity video where they talk or sing to the camera, what would you do? I wouldn't do it because I know they would all be yelling at me, telling me that I fucked them over because you guys would all trash them. What song would you all sing? <laughs> this is such a funny question. Any celebrities of note that you would have, assuming you could have anyone? And Bill, more, most importantly, what's the message you want to get out there? Hugs and kisses. I would do a parody of it because I lack the talent to execute it, you know, to actually do a good one. So I would do a parody of it. And I would probably, I would do it about gold digging whores, or I would do it about white women never feeling that they were wrong, or I would do it about all the white women talking about white women that they know who are actually named Karen, who are actually good people. Um, watching white women trying desperately not to be called on their fucking bullshit, you know? And not and, and for them not to be fucking labeled is one of my favorite things I've watched in a while. So I would probably do a video on that. And um, I'm trying to think if there's a song named Karen. Because they get this, oh, Sherry and lady. They're always singing. I'm the type of guy, you know, there's Ethel on my left. How funny is that Wanderer song? This Gladys um and this flow um it's all old lady names now, but back then it's just like flow was fucking young and hot. Oh god, I'd love to get in her giant underpants um with all the fucking frills on the back. Um he's a boogie 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 boy of hairy bushes. Um Let me see, is there a song named Karen? Karen lyrics. Karen, I'm not talking. I, let's see, videos. I, I would use this, the first song I find. Karen's song. Uh, the, new gener- the, new, the Karen New Generation. No, I, I don't want it to be Karen Hip Hop. Let me just write Karen Love Song so I get an old school one. Love Song. All right. Karen Love Song. Let's see here. If this, this, this is probably the one I would use. After I get past the advertising. After I get past the advertising. Okay, skip the ad. You know, people, there are so many white women out there named Karen. And they're not bad people. They're soccer moms. They're nurses. I don't think this is English. They're white women, just like you and me. Dealing with the toxic white males in their lives. Then I cut to a white woman named Karen, and she'd already be crying. I mean, I know that that black people, I mean, African Americans have it really difficult in this country. And I know that white police officers have taken a lot of liberties, but just Imagine what it's like to be actually living with that white police officer. <laughs> Something like that. I think that's how it would go. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that song was. I wonder if when they go into a fucking... Like if I was a record producer and they were, when, when I was producing a song that fucking cheesy about some chick named Karen, right? Or a fucking lady or whatever. I would try to talk to the other bandmates and be like, hey guys, is is this like a real chick? Does he really feel this stuff? Or can we kind of fucking break balls as we record this, knowing that we're all just trying to make a pile of cash and act like we're sensitive people rather than we fuck everything that moves and do a mountain of cocaine during the recording and touring of this album. Is this an actual Karen? And then the people in the band be like, uh, we don't know, man. He hasn't talked to us in a while. Uh, he, he's on a separate tour bus. Or they fucking hate the lead singer so much that they say, no. 
you know, it isn't a real woman. And then I would say something stupid about her. And then that'd be this big fucking thing. And then I would get replaced and in would walk Ted Templeman. Um, all right. New father, bad relationship. Dear Bill, what the fuck do I do? Um, oh, wait. Are you asking me advice? Oh, shit. It's time for me to play my jingle. Where is it? One of these days I want to get organized. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's time for advice. Hey. That's me. There you go. There you go. All right. You have a question. I, if you have a question, people, I will give you an answer. Okay? I will give you. I mean, I don't have the answer, but I'll give you one. If you want advice, I'll say something. I will move my jaw and make sounds in your directions. All right? Directions? Direction. All right. What the fuck do, what the fuck do I do, man? Uh, he's like that dude in Platoon. I got a bad feeling. My girlfriend keeps pressuring me into marrying her. We have a seven-month-old babe. Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, you are married for the next 20 fucking years. Um, we have a seven-month-old baby girl together, and I feel like if we didn't have her, we probably wouldn't be together now. My daughter is my world. Wow, wow, wow. From time to time, I get hit with this wave of, fuck, I want to leave her. I do love her, but I feel like we're too much different from one another. Her fucking family is so involved. They're great, but it's fucking annoying. All right. If you do love her and you do have a kid, at some point you got to put your kid, you know, I, I, I don't know, dude. I've never been in this situation. Thank God. But, uh, you know, I would sit down. You got to talk this out. I mean, I, I would talk to a therapist because the fact that you still want to leave, you got to figure out why. You, do you want to leave because you love her just because you stayed with her long enough that you love her like a friend or do you love her, love her? But you already have a Mr. Lover, lover. You have a fucking kid. So I would, I would talk to a professional about this. But as far as the family, you just got to you know, set up some boundaries, um, which involves you really thinking about what you want to say and then sit down and have a talk. If somebody's, you know, crossing the line there weaving over the double line as they say there uh the other day my girl was bitching about her having to be at home with the baby all the time while i work six days a week and long hours well get used to that pal uh it's always about them she says that she feels like a slave <laughs> i know like you're out there fucking yeah it's like i'm out there fucking working feeding all of you Okay, we had a kid. We bought, you think I want to work six days a week? I don't want to work six days a week the way you don't want to fucking stay home the whole fucking time. You know, but trying to get them to understand that, that's, 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 a, that's a 90 degree fucking grade hill, which is a cliff, buddy, and it's got ice on the face. Um, I'm like, what the fuck? Um... How all you have to do is clean occasionally and cook occasionally. It's not like I'm forcing her to clean and cook and take care of shit. Sometimes she doesn't feel like it, and I don't care because I understand she's feeling tired from taking care of our baby. All right, so you got some empathy there. Um, I I will tell you, having a baby, I mean, that's all-encompassing. It's not like when they go to sleep, you have all this energy. You know, you sleep when they sleep. When I move, you move. Just like that, right? Ludicrous. When they sleep, you sleep, right? Um, she also, dude, like a lot of things that women say during this time, you just, they're just overly tired. They're overly emotional. You know what I mean? Their hormones, whatever, whatever fucking excuses they have. And what you have to do is you, your job is to push down that everything that you're feeling, okay? And slowly inch your way towards your first heart attack at 58. Um. Oh, I got some shit to say on this one, but let's let's just plow through here. Then she says, we're not even married. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Um, it has to do with like her fucking the end of the price is right. You know, is she going to win the showcase? Is she going to get both showcases? She needs to know what's going to happen. Anyways, I'm fucking I fucking work. And you take care of home seems fair to me, and I pay all the bills. 
She occasionally helps and is willing if I ask, but I prefer to take care of it. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm earning money to keep the lights on and food on the table and a roof over our head, and you're taking care of the kid. We're parents. This is it. This is this, this fucking bill of goods that corporations sold women that you can actually have it all um, was, was, is a lie, and they just wanted you to keep spending and feeling like you needed more. I mean, you guys are together, and you have a beautiful daughter, and you, that's your world. You don't need anything else. But what about that Cuisinart? Uh, like she gets to have fun all she, um, like she gets to have fun still. She gets to hang out with her family, go swimming or whatever. You guys have a pool? That's fucking amazing. I can never do shit because I have only one day off. And on my off day, I fucking run errands. Oh, Jesus. I know. I know. And nobody cares. And do whatever dumb shit she wants to do. This, this is it, dude. This is, this is, yeah, this is welcome. This is being a dad. This kind of bitching occurs time to time, and I'm, and I'm tired of it. She's always bitching, saying I don't share emotion or spend time with her. Well, you're going to have to work on that. <clears throat> There's ways of just acting like you're doing it, and they'll believe it. Just make an effort. I'm the worst, dude. Don't listen to me. Uh, if I'm not at work, I'm with her. I even do the laundry alone. At the, at the laundromat, I wash, dry, and fold while she stays home on my day off. Okay, but you, you have a pool, but you don't have a laundry. So I think you have a pool at your apartment or there's a town pool she goes to. But still, a pool is the shit. I wash, dry, and if it's not yours, you don't have to take care of it. That's even better. I wash, dry, and fold while she stays home on my day off. She just wants to bitch. She keeps pressuring me to marry her, and it keeps and it makes me just want to run but now that we have a baby, I'm scared that if we don't last, um, how it'll affect our daughter. Yeah, you should be thinking of your daughter first. I'm not even attracted to her the way I used to be. I don't know what to do. Well, yeah, I mean, if somebody's bitching at you all the time and you're that fucking tired, you just, they, they you fail to see who they were. This is something that could help you guys. If there's someone in a really involved family could watch the baby for a day or two. You take a day off from work and you guys just get away and maybe, you know, remember again why you guys liked each other in the first place. Because that's been great for me in my life. But I will tell you this. This is something that as a man, you have to just suck up and understand is that the male-female relationship is all about the woman. All right. That's what it is. And as much as they say they want to hear from you and they want to know what you're thinking, it's, it's about them, always. Them and their emotions comes first. It, even, it, it comes before the kids. You know, that's how, it, that's, you know, if they're not happy, no one gets to be happy. There's no, hey, the kids are here. It's, it's just how it fuck, it's how they're wired. All right? They can also make a baby. So there's, there's that. So you got to focus on the positive. But, and here's the thing. As the guy... You're going to be doing all of this shit, working your ass off. You're going to die before she does, and none of it is going to be acknowledged, okay? And if you want a little credit, you're being fucking selfish, okay? And that's basic. I'm speaking in generalities, but that is essentially what goes on there, all right? So you're just going to have to suck it up and occasionally go out and get some beers with other guys that you know who are dads who are in the same situations. And you, you'll exchange stories, and at first you're going to be a little pissed, and then you're just going to start laughing. It's why guys are so funny. It's because of the situations that we end up in. Um, and, like, having a kid is really difficult, and, you know, both people's lives have to adjust because you have the kid. But um, one person, it is acknowledged. You know, it's constantly acknowledged um, what a woman goes through during pregnancy, the importance of the role of a mother, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And and for guys, it's basically like, hey, fucking stick around. They need you, all right? Don't be afraid to do the laundry and cook and clean and fucking all of this other shit. So... Um, 
I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Uh, I would do what you need. I, I would. I think you need to work on your relationship, and I'm not putting this on you, but I think you need to try to communicate to her how you're feeling. And um, this is a very tricky thing because you could marry her and she could become even more of a fucking nightmare or you could marry her and that could have been the issue and then she can fucking settle down because maybe she's getting pressure from her family that you know that they had a you know a kid she had a kid out of wedlock i don't know how religious her it might be that you know but i i can tell you this trying to make somebody else happy is not something that you can do it's impossible. So what you have to do is, you know, look out for yourself. So I would, I would talk to a therapist about what the fuck is going on. And I would not marry her until you feel like that's what you want to do. Okay. And, you know, when you sit down with her, you can tell her about the pressure that you're underneath. And uh, I would stop short of saying, you know, you bitching at me all the fucking time. Why the hell would I marry you? That's what you say to your guy friend at the bar. Um, but as someone who was fucking had to be dragged, kicking and screaming, I got married so late in life. I wish I did it a lot younger. And I love being married, despite all this shit that I'm saying. There are certain things like there's, you know, my wife would come on here and do fucking nine hours with no guest about what a fucking asshole I am to live with. So I'm not trying to make my wife out to be a bad guy. I will just say that in general, nobody gives a shit about the guy in the relationship. Um, it's, it's just what it is. <laughs> it's just how it is. It's just how it is. Okay. And you got to accept that for your daughter. Okay. Um, and I, the fact that you had a, you have to man up. You did have a kid with this person, and you need to do everything that you can do, you know, to make sure that kid has the best childhood. So I would try the best I, I, you possibly can to uh, make this thing work, which is, means you have to try and communicate with, you know, this woman about how you're feeling. And hopefully she's a cool chick and will actually listen. All right? Rather than making everything about herself and start fucking crying and then you're consoling her because she's been a douche to you. Oh boy. All right, let's, let's, let's get off this subject. All right. Um, but I have tremendous amount of issues with women. So, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. But I, I would talk to a professional rather than some fucking idiot. All right. Uh, wild Animal Ride. Uh, dear Billy Bison Belt, uh, loved you in the King of Staten Island. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for uh, streaming the movie. If you could ride one wild animal, which would it be? If I could ride one? People have rode ostriches. Fuck that. Fuck that. Uh, before, see Swiss Family Robinson from movie from the 1960s. Uh, for me, I'd love to ride a kangaroo. Or a panther. Uh, I would not want to ride a wild animal. I would, I would want to ride a domesticated, broken animal, like a pony or a horse. <laughs> that is is sad and has accepted the fact that a human being is going to get on its back. You know, just out of my own personal safety so it won't fucking throw me head over heels and then turn around and fucking maul me you want to ride a panther i guess you wouldn't get hurt in this scenario you know what i'd like to do if it wouldn't kill me i'd like to watch a ball game with a bear and have it sitting there like a raccoon does when it's eating doritos on the couch some of those videos you've seen just sit there with the fucking bear you know when there's a bullshit call just fucking both look at each other and we both shake our heads and we go back. You know, he's got a big fucking salmon he's eating. I'd be smoking a stick. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? What I just pitched, I could have sold that as a movie when Clint Eastwood was doing those orangutan movies. Um, deep, It's like Clint Eastwood makes Yogi Bear. Uh, every, any which way you can. All right, deep cuts. Hey, Bill. I am a female drummer. I love it. I love it. I love this person already. And I know you would 
totally be into this song, High Noon, from DJ Shadow's 1998 EP, Preemptive Strike. Uh, In the heyday of my favorite era of music, mid-90s trip-hop, this UK-based artist releases are still inspiring artists of today. I think my wife listens to him. That's why I knew that. I kind of knew that name, I should say. Known for a dark blend of trippy beats, moody melodies, and groundbreaking sampling. Um, High Noon is a rare instance where the drum rhythm is the main focus and the power powerful driver of the incredible energy this song puts out it starts with a bang and its fast tempo culminates in an absolutely climactic drum solo that leaves you in a shudder of goosebumps this sounds like a movie review i gotta listen to this people it's called high noon from dj shadows 1998 ep preemptive strike you guys have really turned me on to some great music by the way i appreciate this uh features some of the, my favorite break beats of all time I've never heard anything that even comes close to it. It's a thrill ride from beginning to end to anyone who appreciates drumming. Um, I watched this, this whole thing on the history of hip-hop. What makes hip-hop hip-hop? Um, and I never knew breakdancing was because when DJs would take that part of the song that people wanted to listen to over and over on a leap, loop, that became a break, and then these guys would dance to those breaks, became breakdancers. Had no idea. I had no idea. And I was young enough when, uh, what was it, Electric Boogaloo and all that shit came. I had no idea what it was. We used to just watch those fucking movies and laugh at the way they were talking and dancing. It was just, it was a completely different world. Like, you have to understand, there was no fucking internet in how advanced, you know, dancing and all this shit was on the inner city when it came out to us. We were just, what the fuck? It was like, it was I mean, it was amazing, but it was also like watching a comedy because they were speaking English. We didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Um, Deep Cuts, hip-hop. Oh, I love it. Here we go. Hello, Mr. Burr. First of all, I'm a huge fan of your kind. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And as you've been doing, as you've been doing a music Deep Cuts segment recently, I thought I would tell you about a few hip-hop ones since I'm more familiar with it rather than rock or heavy metal. Uh, the Punisher by Eric B. and Rakim. Released in 1992, this was on the fourth and last album recorded by the, du- by the duo Eric B. and Rakim titled Don't Sweat the Technique. Uh, the duo was initially catapulted to fame by hit singles Eric B. is President, released in 1986. What was the other one? The, other, the, the classic one that crossed over. Um, I forget. And, and let's see. And Rakim became incredibly famous throughout New York City with records such as Paid in Full. That was the one I knew. I am, I am, it's ridiculous just how surface I am on so many different kinds of music. Rap music, country music. Um, and Follow the Leader, which displayed his lyrical prowess. Uh, the Punisher is another one of these lyric, lyrically dense songs, but seems to be overlooked by the other hit songs from 1992 on both the East and West Coast. Uh, Wu-Tang, uh, Seventh Chamber by Wu-Tang, released in 1993 and included on their debut album, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Now this, I actually had this cassette tape and I listened to this a zillion times when I first moved to New York. Uh, this song, uh, seems to be overshadowed by such hits as Cream, also known as Cash Rules Everything Around Me. Uh, and Method Man. Uh, is that the one? M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Um, what was that from his single? Um, in fairness, the entire album is a masterpiece, so picking one song as the best. I, I, I should know that one. What, what song is it? Oh, Wu-Tang by Seventh Chamber. Now, this one I should know. Let's see. The thing no one ever wanted to hear. Bill Rapping. Should I? Well, this is a comedy podcast. Wu-Tang the fuck was it seventh chamber come on people just just for once internet just fucking work do i know this one my boyfriend never forgets her anniversary oh never he always licks my pussy all right hang on a second oh yeah i know this one you got this. Get this. Don't got nothing to do with my.
Is he, is he, is he dead? Vietnam, I remember this. All right, all right. What am I going to get in trouble with these lyrics here? Yeah, I remember this one. I love this fight. You know what? This album actually crossed over into my white world. Um, I actually started listening to this shit because by now I was hanging out with Patrice. This came out in, what was it, 93 or something like that? And I was hanging out with Patrice, and he had thrown all my bad rap cassette tapes right out the fucking window and then told me what I should be listening to. And then when this this one, I actually, I moved to New York slightly before he did, and people were listening to this album, and I was in New York being like, oh my God, these are racially mixed crowds. I'm used to just all white, angry people at fucking Nick's Comedy Stop. What do I do? So I was like, I need to listen to some of this. I got to get something in me. So I need a reference <laughs> that can save me on a late show something. Um, yeah, so then I got the tape, and I... I I listened to that one. What did I listen to back then? That was when that came out. The Fugees came out. Um, and then there, there was the beginning of all that Biggie, Tupac shit where they stopped being friends and then all of that shit happened, right? 93 by then, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, all of that stuff came out. I was never into the West Coast shit initially. And then years later, I'm always, I'm fucking late to everything. I didn't get into grunge until like fucking the late 2000s i'm the worst i'm the worst right all right let's get back to the whatever the fuck i was just reading mmp content okay um man that brought back all kinds hut, hut one hut two hut three hut old dirty bastard live and uncut <laughs> a little stupid boombox my walk through bedroom uh this song seems to be all right all right okay here's another one uh, Trace Leches. Isn't that like the fucking cake? Uh, Tribal uh, Trilogy by Big Pun. Um, isn't that a cake? Am I fucking crazy? Um, uh, this song is effectively... Now, Big Pun, I knew the one uh, dead in the middle of Little Italy, that, that thing. I knew that one that he did with Fat Joe. I'm a very superficial... F- I, I, I skimmed the top. Skim the top. I know, I know. Just just enough to get me through a comedy show uh, late night in New York City back in the day. Uh, this song is effectively a fusion of some of the illest MCs in New York City in 1998. Off the album Capital Punishment, the Latino rapper joins forces with prodigies of Mob Deep. I remember uh, Mob Deep in uh, this, ca- this comedian, James Talent Harris, telling me that because there was a guy... Uh, you, oh, what the fuck was Honest John used to go up. I think he used to go on stage. And he was this old white dude, is this old white dude. And he would go on stage and he'd come on to one, one of the Mob Deep tracks. And the crowd would always laugh because they would hear that. And they would think it was going to be some, you know, gangster, you know, black comic going up there if that existed, whatever. Or at least that vibe. And then this old white guy would go up there. Um, and Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang Clan, all rapping on a beat produced by... RZA, also from the Wu-Tang Clan. All three rappers showcase their talent exquisitely, and it's almost strange this song is not as popular as others released by Big Pun. The raw vinyl record scratching sound, along with the skillful technique, makes this track a must-listen. Here's a list of some songs which I think are a bit obscure. Overall, all of these songs are incredible, and I feel people who are into hip-hop or are getting into it should listen to these joints to get the full experience. I love that he didn't adjust his slang so you could hear me say these joints. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, as the rhythm goes, Eric B and Rakeem. Pass the hand grenade, Eric B and Rakeem. Uh, Eric B and Rakeem. Uh, Rakim, am I saying it right? Anger in the Nation. Pete Rock. Sounds like a white guy. And CL Smooth. Uh, come clean, Jeru the... Oh, my God. I'm just going to get fucking made fun of here. D-A-M-A-J-A. Distortion to static. The roots. All we got is us. Onyx. Uncut raw. A-Z. 
literally like Arizona abbreviation. Music makes me high. Lost boys, open-minded, ghetto, ghetto boys, assassination day, ghost face killer, inspector deck, Raekwon, RZA, section, the roots, nighttime vultures, mob deep, featuring uh, Raekwon. Gee, that guy got around, huh? New York, you out there. Rakim, uh, lie to kick it. Tupac, as high as Wu-Tang get. Obviously, Wu-Tang Clan. This guy's got a bunch here. Severe punishment, Wu-Tang Clan. The worst, Onyx. It's a must. Rakim featuring R-A-H-Z-E-L. We Ain't. The game featuring Eminem. Cinderella Man, Eminem. Legacy Eminem. You know what? There was an Eminem one that he had a guy on there. He did a guest spot. And I thought he was fucking amazing. And then I never saw him do anything else. Or maybe I, I just didn't search it. What the f- I'll, I'll have to figure that one out. So there you go. For all you white people out there who want to have a cooler uh, fucking music list, there's some deep cuts. Some deep cuts off some joints from uh, some rappers. Sorry. Um, all right. Where are we here? Hour and six minutes in. There we go, people. How about that? That wasn't bad. No news. No news. No news. I, did, I, I stayed out of the fucking quagmire. I had to give the racist orange cunt a little bit of shit. They got to get the, Mike Pence. Yeah. Mike Pence needs to accidentally push that guy down the fucking stairs, and then Mike Pence should fucking run. And then we can just go back to fucking normal. All right? We'll go back to normal. With a couple of old white guys running for president. (laughs) Strange times. All right. Um, Anyways, that's the podcast, everybody. Uh, Please watch season four of F is for Family. Um, Please stream The King of Staten Island and or uh, listen to all this cool old deep cut hip hop shit that I just, this person let us know about and also... High Noon, DJ Shadow, 1998. All right, that is it. Go fuck yourselves. I will talk to you. I'll check in on you on Thursday. Stop.